Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Gold Jr. That is me. With me, as always, on the ones and two, super producer Brandon Newman and my father, Mike Goldlick Sr., fresh off of hours of NFL schedule release coverage last night with Westwood One that I know Dad is psyched to dive into today. Am I right? I mean, I, I, I just... It's something else I've thrown my hands up at. You know, it was during my time doing the show, it was baseball all-star game where every player had to be represented and I I was on that every year just banging the drum why why it's an all-star team if you don't if your team doesn't have someone that's an all-star tough you know we're we're not handing out you know ribbons here and and I I finally gave up on that battle right I mean it was just that's what they were going to do wash my hands up and said I'm not going to complain about it anymore I, I I'm just stunned that's why I'm throwing my hands up at at the excitement for the schedule release I mean it it's it just, again, goes to prove why football is just so popular because people go crazy over this. I, I would do the shows, even I, like I said, I did the show last night for Westwood One, and it's like, I, I, don't, I don't really care. We, all, we know who they're, everybody knows who they're playing, and the schedule release is just now when you're playing them. And there's certainly things to look for, how many primetime games you get. You know, if you're, are you traveling to Miami in September or November? Or Arizona the same way to deal with the heat. I know there are some things, but man, the excitement for it just absolutely blows my mind for something that I just I just never really cared about. It's amazing. I saw yesterday DraftKings Sportsbook on Twitter put out, they had the list already of all 272 lines and over-unders set for the NFL season after the schedule release came out. In addition to all 133 FBS win totals. My God, some of you out there ready and rare to go. And I get that part of it. It does make me excited for football season. Like I saw throughout the day people slow leaking some of the schedules, and I think my favorite part of the schedule releases, I did not care enough about the schedule release to actually look into those I was just going to wait for it to all come at the end of the night I was going to wait for a bunch of the people to aggregate it so we can see what we got which like you mentioned we talked about what you're looking for what players generally look for right prime time and bye weeks that's generally what players are looking for right you got a chance to talk to a couple players a couple of coaches yesterday is that still kind of the general consensus yeah listen we, we talked to we talked to Jason Kelsey uh we talked to um uh, uh, why am I blanking on the wide Andy receiver Reed? from the Jets? No, no, no. The wide receiver, the, the great wide receiver from the Jets, the young kid from Ohio Garrett State. Wilson. Garrett Wilson. We talked to him. I'm sorry. We did talk to Andy Reid as well. We talked to Mike North, who helps the league set up, you know, part of setting up this schedule. And, and we talked to Kurt Warner, who works with me at Westwood One. And, and for him, I asked him what he looked for. And he said he looked for where he had domed games because he loved being hmm. inside. You know, and, and that, that's kind of what Soft. he as a quarterback looked at. I looked at where I was traveling 
early. Because like I said, you knew the opponent, but where were, like, like I just said, was I going to Miami in September or was I going to Arizona in September where it was going to be hot? Because I would take playing in cold over hot any day of the week. So I was looking where it was going to be hot, muggy. Are you going to Denver? Are you playing you know, in, in the high altitude? Uh, so those are the things. And, and also being kind of a, you know, an average, maybe a little above average player at times, I also looked at the, the teams and then who I'd be playing. I mean, I, I got it down to, oh, God, there's a guy that's walking into the Hall of Fame. Oh, I'm playing against Anthony Munoz again. Uh-oh. You know, where you just know you're going to have to kind of mentally psych yourself up. Kurt Warner didn't worry about those things, you know, when you're playing at the top of your game. I, as I said to Kurt, I said, Kurt, your issue was when you're as great as you were, they make the schedule based around you, just like the Jets getting all the primetime games, you know, they're getting. That's Aaron Rodgers. You know, that was Kurt Warner. That's, that's Patrick Mahomes. That's how they set these things, you know, in getting those games. Jason Kelsey, not shockingly like an old lineman, was very indifferent about it. Plus, he's 35 years old. What the hell does he care anymore? You know, just just line him up in front of him, you know, and, and start to play. For Garrett Wilson, it was basically, he said, in all honesty, didn't think much about it because everything was going on with Aaron Rodgers. You know, when was that deal going to get done? And he's happy he can finally start talking about it. But to your point, yes, players think differently about where they're going, when they're going, their primetime games. I did said this many times. I played on more than a few Monday Night Football games. After one or two of them, I looked at it as kind of messing up the schedule. And Kurt Warner said the same thing, and I said this forever. I would play on Sunday at 1 o'clock every game my entire career, and I would love it. You get up, you have breakfast, you make your way over to the stadium, you play the game, and you're done at like 4 o'clock. That, to me, was perfect. Monday night games or night games, you got to wait all day. I hated laying around. I hated sitting around. So that's, that's kind of what players think. Some players like it, love that spotlight, love being the only game in town. So it just comes down to you know, what flavor ice cream you like. Yeah, I never had to worry about the NFL schedule release because when people would talk about games coming up, I'm like, brother, I'm just trying to be here for a couple of them, maybe. Um, I will say the night game thing in college, we ended up playing, I think, seven my last year at Notre Dame, got really used to it, very much enjoyed snack time where we would have barbecued chicken, cookies, and milk, and then a like three-hour nap window. So you make it work when it becomes a regular part of your life. And for NFL teams now, with the flex scheduling that comes with a lot of the primetime games, that's now a more distinct possibility. So what we've got and what we will have could be two different things. And you mentioned some of the teams that got bumps this year. This is a list of teams that have six primetime games. The Kansas City Chiefs, the Dallas Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills, the Los Angeles Chargers, and as you mentioned, the New York Jets all have at least six primetime games. And for Kansas City and Dallas, you also have Kansas City playing on Christmas and Dallas playing on Thanksgiving, which are more in that standalone window, so kind of act as a pseudo primetime game, even though it doesn't count that way. And then you've got a set of four teams that have five primetime games plus a Christmas or Thanksgiving, that being the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Giants who play on Christmas, and then the Las Vegas Raiders and the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers still clocking in with five primetime games. So, Dad, it feels inevitable that one of those teams is going to give us the Denver Broncos treatment from last year, where we've got them scheduled for a bunch of primetime games and they end up blowing it completely, and it feels like it's tailor-made for the Jets. Uh, see, you saying the Jets, I'm saying Green Bay. 
I think, you know, Green Bay got all that, that love, has five prime timers, and you have, a, you have a new quarterback. You have a new quarterback who's been in the league. You know, he's going to be vested this year as a veteran, yeah. but he hasn't it's played. Uh, isn't that wild? But, but he hasn't played. So, in all honesty, that's the team to me you may get the uh-oh. I get why they get five prime time. They have a great following due to the Packers, and they certainly had Aaron Rodgers. And even though that news was swirling about him being gone – and I get it. As a Jet fan, you're just waiting for the shoe to drop. You're waiting for how is this going to end poorly for us because it always does. Uh, but I actually, how about this stat? For the last 30, I think it's 32 seasons, there's been an average of four new playoff teams to, to, to get in from the year before that didn't make it. And I basically, I have the Jets right there. You know, I think they're getting in, even though it's a tough division. I have them, I have Detroit. I have New Orleans, I think, in that division. And I threw out a flyer of, like, the Cleveland Browns, you know, which will be tough yeah. to do if Deshaun Watson can get back and play the way he does. But I, I, that's my fear is with Green Bay, you know, they may get start getting flexed at the end of the season if things aren't going well. And on the other side of that, kudos to Jacksonville for now pulling in some primetime games after they were always an afterthought on getting primetime games. I think there's four teams – uh, with, with no primetime games. The, I know it's there Arizona. are. It's Arizona, Atlanta, yeah. Houston, and Indy all have right. zero primetime right. games, which, again, because of the flex ruling now, if one of them catches fire, and looking at that list, it's not going to be Arizona, one of the worst rosters in football, probably not going to yep. have their quarterback to start the season. Indy... I still think Houston's probably a year away. I think Atlanta's yeah. got some potential there if they can stop anybody on defense because Arthur Smith showed us he can run a fun offense. Desmond Ritter's got to right. show us he can play quarterback in the middle of that fun offense. And then Indy, man, I don't know. If the Anthony Richardson thing hits at all, it's got really incredible potential because we know, again, with Shane Steichen coming over, ran an offense that really works itself well with a quarterback with that kind of unique skill set. And they've got a defense that already is pretty close to being able to give them help. It's just going to be, quite frankly, can that Indianapolis offensive line get anywhere yeah. near back to form? And having a quarterback with that skill set does kind of help those guys up front mitigate some of the things that have been an issue. So Indy's got potential to maybe be that team that can find their way into a flex position, especially with a top overall pick at quarterback at the helm as a draw. Yeah, you mentioned the quarterback can help if the O-line is struggling. That's what we saw Justin Fields do in Chicago with that bad O-line. He was able to escape uh, and do some things. A couple other quick notes from this about how things fell. Uh, seven of the first 11 games for the Giants are road games. So they are road dogs, you know, for the My first God. part of the season. Las Vegas has, a, at one point during the season, they have a month between road games. So they get to sleep in their own beds for a while. They're in Miami. I, I like this. Four of their last five games are at home. So that's a warm-weather team. So if they need to make some hay late in the season to get a position in the playoffs, they're able to do it at home before maybe, unless they have a great record, having to travel to a cold-weather place during the playoffs. But you get everybody to come to you. You get to play in, in warm weather to try and secure a spot, you hope, in the playoffs. 
Yeah, I saw that too and thought the same thing. And like you said, one of the tougher divisions in football to have that as your home stretch potentially as things yeah. are getting decided with an expanded playoff field and all the things that we know have become a part of this. A huge coup for a Miami Dolphins team set up to try and make some noise this year provided they can keep Tua healthy. All right, we got a great show uh, today. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a five-star rating. We are going to have hopefully a snippet of the mom pod. We had me and Brandon's moms each come on as Mother's Day weekend is coming up. We've had people asking about this for a long time. We'll take a look at the person in the NBA with the most pressure on them heading into this weekend. But coming up first, we do have to get to and address the most important part of schedule release day and the true winners that came out of the fray. Now, Dad, in all your haste of covering the actual football portion of the schedule release yesterday, did you get to see any of the videos that the NFL teams put out? It's become the Olympics of this schedule release. I would argue it's a huge driver of why this time of year has actually become an NFL holy holiday because the social teams, this is their Super Bowl. It really is. And, and I'll be honest, I forgot to multitask. We were doing that show, Scott Graham and I, for Westwood One. And while it was going on, where I do the show, I have a TV. I had the the Philadelphia Celtics game on. So I was, I was, you know, going back and forth there. And that's the one. And then as soon as the show ended, I was watching the end of that game and then went into Phoenix and Denver. So I did not multitask. Well, I have to admit, I love your rankings. I love the job that you did ranking them. And you're right. As someone who your, your sister, my daughter, Sydney was involved in this type of thing when she worked uh, the, the social media for the bears uh, it, they, this is their time to shine. There is no doubt about it. Yeah, it's Sydney said it's months of stress on the social team. So congratulations to all of them at Gojo Show on Twitter. I did an in-depth S-tier breakdown of all the teams and the best videos. Two clear winners. I, everyone else, there were some good ones there. The Indianapolis Colts had two of their D-tackles eating their way through the schedule. Big boys eating food, always a winner. Jacksonville did a good version of the NFL script already written bit. The New York Giants did an escape room with their guys finding their way through the NFL schedule. The Buffalo Bills uh, made the dreams come true of a bunch of their players. That social team always nails it. But the two big winners, Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm a Chargers fan this year. It's decided. If I was already a little bit lukewarm on it, I'm in Los Angeles and back-to-back years, anime schedule release with more Easter eggs than anyone could possibly have. They make Taylor Swift jealous of the amount of little things that they hide inside of this for all their fans to find here. Dad, I know this has never been your bag, but you know I'm a monster anime fan. I watch a ton of these cartoons, and so getting to see it rendered like this, my jealousy for my good friend and our good friend Mina Kimes and Lenny getting a shout out and getting an edit in this video anime style is through the roof. So I'm wondering at what point you watched this you you already declared it number one because th- as soon is, as I saw is, the intro you did okay so that was it that, that I was just going to say what's your criteria and it was soon as it was you what you saw in the animation that was all over it was done. At some point in this, they do a bit on the Las Vegas Raiders and Jimmy Garoppolo with Josh McDaniel pulling the slot machine and having a bunch of quarterbacks he could get and getting Jimmy G. And when he takes out the voucher for the dollar amount of Jimmy G's uh, contract, there's a QR code on there that works. And when you scan the QR code from the schedule release video, it takes you to a website. That website says, buy tickets for Chargers Raiders. And when you click buy for Raiders, 
Traders, it takes you to the Google search result for how to get a job. Like the layers to this, the wow. Detroit Lions gambling helpline joke, it all sings so perfectly. But dad, we also had, I think in that top tier with them, the Tennessee Titans, an outstanding job of making use of one of nature's most timeless traditions, going down to Broad Street in Nashville and pulling random people on the street who are there for any number of reasons and hearing them go through the Titans schedule and try and guess the logos for each team that they have coming up and some of the entries that they got were absolutely priceless. Do we have some of this video here to show them? It's incredible. What the f is that? <laughs> Saints. Oh. Uh, the Queen. No. Chargers. Oh, that's just the football logo. The Browns. <laughs> the Boston Bobcats. No idea. No idea. The Bengals. The Colts. Baltimore. Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, they got the this right team. This one is the Red Stallions. Ha. The Falcons, who changed their name on Twitter to the Red Stallions. No! No! Stars. The Steelers. It's a Pirates. Um, from the islands of the Caribbean. Oh. Ah. The Bucks. Chester Cheeto. The Jets. Tigers, North Carolina Tigers. <laughs> Texas, that's the Cowboys. That's the Cowboys, Texas. Got that. Yeah. Still the Colts. Atlanta. That, that's Florida. Florida Dolphins. The Atlanta Florida Dolphins. Texan, Texans. Oh. Yeah. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. Um, Pittsburgh. Who's that? Bulls? Who? Patriots? That's a Patriots logo? Definitely the Texans, <laughs> although they would love Don't, that. I'm, they, they, that it actually does not exist. That is Nashville, Tennessee! Tennessee Titans. Titans. Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans! Woo! Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. <laughs> uh, just flawless work from them. Five hours I saw their social team said they spent down on Broad Street and every minute of it worth it. And, and you can tell at the end when they, they were saying Tennessee Titans, whoever was interviewing them was just saying, say Tennessee Titans so we can that yeah. you get that ending that you got. It, it just goes to show, this is always amazing every year when the Super Bowl gets shown, the amount of people that watch it. There are some people that still don't understand how can not everybody be watching it? And it's just... You have to explain every now and then, not everybody knows sports. Not everybody watches sports. And you get reminded of that when you do something like that to say, wait a minute, it, what's so obvious to us is so blurred to others that you almost don't understand it because we're engulfed in the world of sports, that there's actually life outside the world of sports, which there is, hence these people not having a clue what these teams are. Yeah, I, I would venture to say there's probably more people that know 
the stars in the plot line of this season of Vanderpump Rules than there are all the quarterbacks in the NFL. That feels like a pretty safe bet based on where we're at. As someone who watched the hysteria around Love is Blind Season 4, I can almost guarantee that. So uh, shout out to all the hard work and social people who made this happen. Incredible work by everybody. I appreciate what this has become. And I hope this stays something that they keep trying to one-up themselves with because it's been really impressive. There were a bunch of AI references that were built into this. I think Washington did a pretty good job of that. So all these fun things that we can get to. But we do got to also take a look at what happened in the association last night. The NBA gave me the ability to watch a lot of games based on how the Phoenix Suns decided to show up and with whom they decided to show up. So we will get to who's got the most pressure on them heading into this weekend in the NBA based on what we saw and one particular result we got from last night. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Dad, I don't know if you realize this or if what I'm about to say even as a combination of words matters or makes sense to you at all. But do you realize we're on the verge of maybe the most memeable round of postseason basketball in recent history? Memeable. I like that. You know, add it to the dictionary, huh? They add words every year. Is memeable going to be added in there? I'd imagine memeable might already <laughs> as like a variant be in there just based right, on right. how long we've been at this. But I guess in layman's term, what that means is what we've got is potential for people to blow famously big leads in historic faction that also has historical precedent is through the roof after what happened last night. Because coming up tonight, we have got LeBron James and the um, and the Los Angeles Lakers getting ready to play Golden State in game six of that series. And then we've got the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat, which seems like a series that's kind of been put off to the side. But because LeBron James and the Lakers lost that last game and opened up the door for Golden State. And because we might be getting an Anthony Davis that's less than 100% after suffering a head injury that no one wanted to say the word concussion around in the NBA because, I, I don't know, you tell me. I still haven't figured it out. Right. Now we've got the door opened for, on one side in that series, the potential for the reversal of the 3-1 lead blown meme that Golden State suffered at the hands of LeBron James years ago in the finals in 2016. We've got the potential for the shoe on the other foot there. And after last night, when the 76ers decided on their home court to somehow not get their reigning MVP the ball for the last five or six minutes of that game, give up a game in which Jason Tatum started off like 1 of 13 before the fourth quarter where he caught fire, now they are in a position where Doc Rivers may realize the darkest and deepest fears inside his heart as Doc Rivers will now face a Game 7 in the NBA for a record 16th time and having lost nine of those, four more than any other head coach. So 
Both of those together makes this one of the most internet-friendly ends to a round that I can ever remember, Dad. True hell for everybody involved. Well, I mean, we, we were all saying, you know, for a team like Philadelphia, for a team like the Lakers, win that game six so you don't have to go back to the other team's home court for game seven. And we'll see what the Lakers can do there. But we saw the 76ers, a team that had a two-point lead going into the fourth quarter. And you're right, Tatum missing 14 of his first 15 shots. Six of those were threes. I mean, the man just couldn't hit the side of a barn. And Philly couldn't build any kind of a lead in that game. And then Tatum, you just keep shooting. You know, what do shooters shoot when they're missing? They just keep shooting. What do they do? That's what they do. They just keep shooting. And it started to fall for Tatum. And it started to go for them their way in the fourth quarter. And you, you, you wonder, and I don't think Doc will ever admit it, but you wonder what the thought process goes through his mind. Because you know who knows that stat really well? Doc. He, know, he knows how much he's failed in Game 7. And to see this one slip away at home, knowing you got to go back on the road for a Game 7, that's going to be a tough ask. I mean, all of a sudden, Boston's got all the momentum in the world, going back home, just got to win the one. I, I, I had said, I mean, I think earlier this week we were talking about it, that I thought Philadelphia was playing the best in the playoffs. And now they're on the verge of getting knocked out in a game seven. So this one would be a bit of a stunner to me. I, I like the way they were playing. And Bede started playing without his knee brace. So you had to be feel very positive that after the games, that, that next morning and stuff, he wasn't as bad off or as sore as one might think. And it was getting a little bit better to go with no brace. But man, they had their chance last night. You got your chance at home. You got to score with it, and they weren't able to do it. Yeah, uh, Jason Tatum becomes just the fifth player in, in the past 20 years to outscore the entire team in the fourth quarter of an elimination game, according to ESPN Stats and Info. Outscored the Sixers on his own, hit three threes in crunch time, and managed to lift them up over it. And you're right, like, listen, there's a human element to this for Doc Rivers, who had actually been coaching very well by most accounts through this postseason, now gets into a situation where in you, when you get to this Game 7, the human element of not getting over the hump in those big moments. And I remember this being on bad football teams for a long time where you get in the fourth quarter when you've lost a bunch of close games and you're looking around for the thing that goes wrong and feeling that here we go again come in. And you do wonder if the 76ers find themselves in a close spot on the road where things start to go bad is, oh man, here we go again if you're Doc Rivers, where now all of a sudden, do you start overthinking some things? Do you start overthinking your rotation, overthinking the stuff you're calling after timeouts, and the effect that has on your team? Because we saw a clearly frustrated Joel Embiid last night down the stretch of that game as they got into critical moments, and he's wondering why the ball's not going through the best player's hands. Yeah, and, and now, like you said, in Game 7, everything it goes out the window now because now it is truly loser goes home. You could always say, well, we have another game in the series, another game in the series. I am always fascinated if, and if it does, how does coaching change in all of a sudden a, this is a one and done scenario for them. And, and you know what else helps is confidence that you could do it. You know, you got to go all the way back to last year before Boston did this before, right? They were down 3-2 to Milwaukee. They won game six on the road and won game seven at home. So they did this last year. So you got to believe there was really no fear in their hearts going into the game last night saying, fellas, we just did this last year. You know, so no, no worries. Let's just go in and get it done. And they did get it done. But that is the situation now. It's same in, in baseball, same in, in, in high, any sport that has the series. When all of a sudden it comes down to one game, how does a coach, a manager, whatever, 
how do they decide they want to coach this game and how quickly they would, might deviate from something they normally might do. And remember the other day when, speaking of coaching, we were talking about firing Joe Missoula? Makes yeah. a pretty makes a pretty big-time move in the adjustment pregame with their starting lineup and going with the double bigs. He puts Al Horford out there with right. Robert Williams, and it makes all the difference of the world early in that game, especially them constantly altering shots at the rim. And you heard the reporting about it after the game. I I'm drawing a blank on who the reporter was, but saying the rest of this Celtics roster was gushing about that change. They had wanted to see that. And so whether Joe Mazzulla got to it on his own, they called it the Ime Yudoka lineup because that's what they had run largely with him, but... Right. Whether he did that or whether he took the feedback from his team, that's what we talked about with a coach is, hey, the buy-in that you've got from your players is going to go a long way in determining what Joe Mazzulla's future looks like. And he made a move that gave them an opportunity to go out here and put themselves in the position that they're in. So kudos to him for all that. It, it now gets to the point, Dad, and I'd ask you, as we look at the rest of the playoffs coming up here, who does have the most at stake this weekend when it comes to the results, whether for Friday night's games or over this weekend? You've got LeBron and Steph Curry in their series, two all-timers who obviously have all the legacy conversations. Is it Doc Rivers? Is it the Nuggets who move on last night in massive blowout fashion? No Aiton, no Chris Paul, who it sounds like reports from Tim McMahon at ESPN, they're getting ready to shop this offseason. But the Nuggets go out and treat them like that in that game. Or Julius Randle and the Nick, who do you think is under the most pressure heading into the weekend? Well, I, I think well, I think into the weekend, but but then even going for you want right now in the weekend or going forward in the playoffs? Because in the in I the will playoffs, say, yeah, from here on out in the playoffs, I'll give you that. Okay, so for me, I mean it's Denver. You know, Denver. Yeah. You look at the last few years of where they were in the conference from this year going back. They were number one, number three, number six, number three, number two. And they haven't closed the deal, right? So the, uh, some of the other teams we're talking about, they have won championships. You know, you're always going to talk about the Lakers. It's like talking about the Yankees. It's like talking about the Cowboys, you know, about uh, th their, their chances to win or are they going to win. And they, we know they won in the bubble. They won the title. We know Golden State has the titles. Uh, but, but Denver doesn't. And you have a two-time MVP in Jokic. You know, you, you've changed your team around a bit as well. Now you're the number one seed. You've been top five seed, as I just mentioned, for the last five years, and you haven't been able to close the deal. So the other teams we're kind of talking about have a little bit of hardware, though the Knicks don't. I, I, I get that. There's pressure on, obviously, big city teams like that. But I'll go with Denver. You have, you know, for two years in a row, by vote, you had the best player in the league. And, you know, you're not, you're not closing the deal. And again, in basketball, that's kind of what you rank down when you're one of the top players is how many rings can you put on your finger? So I look at Denver saying they finally need to close the deal. It's an incredible opportunity for them. I, I think you're absolutely right. They have a chance to give us a Spurs championship, right? This Denver Nuggets team yeah. reeks of Spurs energy. Fundamentally sound big man, Jamal Murray, who is salty, incredible. He is certainly his health has been a huge story for them and why they look so potent going into this postseason the way it was with Ginobili and Parker for so long down there in San Antonio. So it just seems like the unsexy pick that's playing incredible basketball right now and the way that they dealt with the Suns reeks of a team who has been consistent. We said they're the culture war in the NBA right now where you've got some teams that were retooling late. The Suns is this grand experiment that failed at least in this iteration 
generation early on. Kevin Durant's really been a part of two of those straight, but now you get them as the representation of the other side. Hey, we've had this core together for a while. Hey, we were the best team wire to wire in the NBA this season, and we're going to go out and play like it in the postseason. You know, and, and there's matchups. Maybe maybe it's because I grew up in, in a big man era when you did have a five right now that the, the positionless NBA and we see the seven footers moving all over the court, which, which is truly incredible to see guys that size move. But there's part of me that's looking for and I don't root for anybody, but there's part of me that looks for a Jokic and AD matchup in the West, right? In the Western Conference Finals, yeah. two big men going head to head. Then there's part of me that wants either one of those teams because it's a great big man to go against the 76ers to make it out of there because of Joel Embiid, right? So you have in, in all the games remaining, you would have big time, big men matchups. So I kind of am, if I'm looking forward to anything, I'm looking forward to that. So not rooting for, for a specific team, but I guess rooting for a specific position uh, to have dominant men play against one another. It would be really cool in an era that's been defined by outside shooting to see a yeah. finals decided by the play of seven plus footers going out there clanging and banging. We're a podcast that loves big meaty men, so we're going to make no bones yep. about that. Um, we are also a podcast that loves our moms, and we have Mother's Day coming up this weekend. And since the start of this podcast, just over a year now we've been in it, we've had people clamoring for myself and Brandon Newman's moms to make their way onto the microphones here. Some of you may have heard my mom before, either on Dad's old shows or sorry in advance the Golick family podcast Selena Newman is an absolute star we got to sit down with both of them we are going to have a more extended version available for people in the podcast feed of our about 45 minute conversation with our moms but here's a little taste of what you can expect with the Christine Golick and Selena Newman interview on the podcast feed Uh, so now guys it is mother's day weekend and so i wanted to give the floor to both of you i know one of these answers but i don't know the other the best or worst mother's day (laughs) gift you've ever received (laughs) go ahead christine the the world knows my worst mother's day gift my kids and my husband bought me a massage chair from sharper image they bought themselves a massage chair from sharper (laughs) I will maintain until my dying day that we did that with pure intentions. We sat there, each of us in the sharper image on a different massage chair, looked down at each other and said, mom would love this. She's got the stress of dealing with all of us. She would love this. So I promise mom, scouts, you know, I was terrible at lying to you guys. I tried it a couple of times and it worked out very poorly. We came into that with pure intentions. Yes. Yes. I I, I believe that you, you guys had the best intentions. But it it was a gift that was really for everyone. And I guess on Mother's Day, I was looking for something that was just for me. Of course. And yeah. 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 That, that chair ended up in me and Jake's room yes. until we moved out of that house. Somebody bought it at our tag sale, so I, I don't know where it's at now. But yeah. yeah. And your best? Oh, God, I don't even know. Like, I, it's been so overshadowed by the massage chair that I don't even... See, I don't again, even... that's the mother of an offensive lineman. <laughs> yeah. This is true. This is true. How about I'll, I'll turn the ball over to okay. you. Okay. So I'm going to do something that's very horrible. I'm just going to, in in, uh, in the vein of telling the truth, all those little homemade trinkets when they were little, oh 
my God, where am I going to hide this crap later now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, no. No, yes. no. So, okay, but, but, but on the other hand, my actual absolute favorite is something like that. But Br Brandon is a grown man. He's so thoughtful. Like, he's always really... Uh, intentional in his gift giving and writing what he really feels. And so when they were little, I used to read a book to them, Love You Forever. You know, the one with the grandma, the boy and all that. Yeah. One day, Brandon gave me that book um, with his, you know, autograph and his personal um, feelings about me in that book. I, I, I oh, Brandon. That's the, that's the best gift I've ever had in my life. So... That's that's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess yeah. you know the little trinkets end up being something that worked. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Echo Joe Show on Twitter. Love your moms online, and we'll repost it because it doesn't count if you don't put it on social media. And we put it on a show, so we want up to everyone. Wow, for Brandon's mom to talk about because that that's that's usually something you always thought the moms cherished when when it was homemade. You didn't go out and buy something, right? Well, I mean, I did. It was like, like the macaroni paintings and all that stuff. You guys yeah. didn't like that. Well, we maybe you don't like it, but you like that the kid did it for you. Now, unless they were forced to, you know, they're in school, make a make a macaroni mom, you know, where everybody's forced to do it. But when they do it on their own, but man, she just slammed the door on that saying, man, where am I going to put that stuff? You know, what am I supposed to do with it? So... That was that was a bit eye-opening there. I mean, because that's what I always thought. Okay, do something or make something when you're young for your mom. You know, they'll, they'll appreciate that effort. Um, but it, it, I, maybe they appreciate the effort, but then not what they have to... Because then you have to save it, right? I mean, you, you can't yes. just throw it out. Because at some point, one of the kids will say, hey, where's that macaroni mom that I made? And then you'd have to say... Oh, I threw that piece of garbage out. But hey, thanks for making it for me. It's like a coach, man. You're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. And your kid's performance in that vein is a direct reflection of you as a parent when your other parent friends come around the house and see that stuff. So again, thank you uh, to our moms, uh, Christine Golick, Selena Newman. Brandon, are you in front of your mic? Because I, I want to try and sell this. This is going to be in the rest of the podcast feed. It's going to be its own separate podcast with the moms that everybody can check out there. Is it fair to say your mom at some point in that show, when we were talking about your name, because she said your middle name, you, people have heard me say it, Brandon Jarrell Newman. She gave you that middle name just because she wanted to nickname you BJ as a kid. The resulting conversation from that will go down in Gojo podcast history as maybe one of the funniest lines ever uttered by your mom. Yes, uh, she's very much my mother. Uh, she showed that in the podcast, not in the snippet here, but go out there. Part one of the episode is up now. Um, but it was fun. It was kind of nice to get to talk to the three of us, the three of them, the four of us all together. Um, but your mom is amazing as well and very funny. And um, you talk about my lap. Your mom has a historic lap as well. Oh, man, let me tell you, the the laughs, I, after I was done with the show I was doing, I heard her in there with you guys, the, that laugh. Well, that laugh has been famous for years when I started radio, actually in Arizona way back in 1995. We actually put her laugh on tape, and it was used on our board 
whenever something was funny, we would hit that laugh. Oh, that's so awesome. That laugh's been around for a while, but it sounds like the four of you had a ball. I look forward to hearing that whole thing. It's a great conversation. Everybody make sure you check it out there. Uh, again, me and my mom both predicted Brandon's mom would be the star of the show, and she delivered big time. So go enjoy meeting Selena Newman on this podcast. In the meantime, let's finish this off the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to finish off the day. Download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating. And tell us. Tell us about your moms. We want to hear in the Apple Podcast reviews and ratings for this about why you love your mom. We'll read some of the best of those on Monday coming off Mother's Day Sunday. Uh, But, Dad, let's get to uh, this first. Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre said on Thursday he is no longer suing Pat McAfee for defamation after McAfee went on air in the wake of the Brett Favre Mississippi welfare scandal and said that Brett Favre was a thief, quote, stealing from people in Mississippi. Um, He had also sued Shannon, uh, Shannon Sharp from Fox as well. Dad, I always wondered from the start how Brett Favre was suing these guys for saying exactly what everyone else was saying about Brett Favre in the wake of the Mississippi welfare scandal. Well, I, I think that the reason is you get a lawyer involved and they're, you know, Shannon Sharp in the sporting world, Shannon Sharp and Pat McAfee are obviously extremely high profile that have a lot of viewers, right? So I, I, maybe the lawyer is like, hey, let's, these are, these are two top guys in your industry, in the sports industry. So let's go after them to try and get them to stop saying things about you. He's also still has a suit with Mississippi uh, auditor Shad White as well. But that's, again, outside the world of sports. So that's what I think it was. Uh, and, and what what Favre said is, I'm happy that Pat and I have settled litigation. Like Pat said, he was attempted to be funny and not commenting based on any personal knowledge. Though it's interesting when you just said, you just quoted what McAfee said, calling Favre a thief who was stealing from the people of Mississippi. I, I'm not sure how you... <laughs> We look at that and say, oh, yeah, he was just being funny. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't understand. But, you know, I'm happy because most of the time in those situations, the people that make the most money are the lawyers. So good on you going to law school and getting involved in these things because you get paid either way. But this one is over and done with. But we'll see where that situation has gone because it has certainly not looked good or put Brett Favre in, the, in, a, in a good-looking light. That's for sure. He's, he's got a whole lot of questions to answer. Yeah, I'm glad this part of the saga is over so we can get back to focusing on what Brett Favre did with Mississippi welfare fraud in that state and the actual happenings of that situation. So let's focus on the important things, what you were actually involved in, uh, allegedly, so we don't get sued. Uh, Let's get to that. We talked about this last time, the uh, craze of celebrity ownership, and I put ownership in air quotes because we know it's minority ownership more often than not, but ownership nonetheless. Ryan Reynolds' bid for the centers uh, in the NHL is now officially out. Uh, According to sources, he requested an exclusive window to complete the deal and was denied, which led to him pulling out in the process. The deadline for the interested groups to submit final non-binding offers is May 15th. Dad, this clears the runway. Snoop Dogg now, one of the last remaining members of a couple of groups that have bids out to potentially buy this team. I think the weekend's part of another ownership group bid that's out there, but I know your dream of Snoop Dogg getting to go and smoke weed at Senators games now remains alive and well. Uh, it's good because remember, that's what I said, that le- uh, weed is legal in Ottawa. So it's not going to affect uh, Snoop one bit. But yeah, you, so you have Snoop with one group and the weekend with another group. Obviously, both these guys have a ton of money, but they are not the ones. They are not the major money players in this. It's obviously the people that they, that they are with. But, you know, you're, you're putting faces to teams. And I, I think it's awesome. Uh, I, and I, 
I'm a, I'm a big fan of Snoop. We've had him on the show a few times uh, at ESPN. I don't know the weekend, so I'd have to say I'm rooting for Snoop in this one just out of just a slight bit of knowing him and having him on the show. But I, I think it's pretty cool. And I get what Ryan Reynolds did. He's like, listen, give us a chance to buy this thing. And if you're not going to do it exclusively, then I'm going to move on. He'll, he'll still with his Wrexham team, the soccer team. He sold his, his mobile phone thing, you know, for over a billion dollars. So he's doing okay. His wife's pretty good looking as well. Life's good for uh, Ryan Reynolds right now, huh? <laughs> yeah, Ryan Reynolds is one of the celebrities I want to <laughs> hang out with the most. He feels like the most approachable, which means I should never meet him because in the off chance he disappoints me, I will be emotionally devastated in ways that shouldn't happen to a 33-year-old man. But uh, that's a bummer. It would have been fun to have around there. And I'm sure for the Senators, if you can't look over and see yeah. what he's done with Wrexham and the modern way that you build interest around sports or franchise, which is using entertainment as the sell he's done it about as well or better than anybody and so i'll be interested to see if that model keeps getting shifted into more and more avenues maybe the nhl being one of them but dad this leads us directly into the third and i called this a while back when we talked about heard andrew marchand saying tom brady kind of waffling a bit maybe on the prospect of walking into the broadcast booth with fox i said he should go be rich the right way and do what he has done as a player is try and one-up J.J. Watt, who went over and bought into Burnley ah. FC with his wife. I suggested that Tom Brady, based on past precedent of retiring the same year J.J. did and one-upping him on that front, obviously then that's going to mean Tom Brady takes over what the Hall of Fame speech looks like since they're both going to be first ballot guys. And now, reportedly, Tom Brady is deep in discussions to become a limited partner of the Las Vegas Raiders, sources told ESPN. This is now potentially his second foray with Mark Davis since he's also now partially an owner of the Las Vegas Aces that Davis already owns. So, Dad, he didn't go the European football route, but he decided he would just buy into an American football team that he already terrorized as a player with the tuck rule that's seared in Raiders fans' hearts and minds forever. This man is playing 4D chess with people's emotions. And, and it's interesting, he's really concentrating on one city, right, in Las Vegas with the Aces and now with the Raiders. That, that's pretty wild as well. But this is where we are. These guys make so much money. They become so famous that the old way of just going into coaching. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of players that go into coaching. But a lot of the high-profile players like a J.J. Watt, like a Tom Brady, we've already seen players in other sports like LeBron, you know, getting in partial ownership of teams as well. Magic Johnson has done it as well. So that's the thing now. It was... It was, again, I'm talking about the big-time players. It was into coaching, and then it was into maybe being a GM, a la John Elway with the Denver Broncos. But now it's led more to ownership. And again, they're not putting, they're not 51% owners of this. They're not putting in that much money. They made a lot of money, but they're not, you know, billionaires. You know, close for some of them. Um, but say for Jordan, who is. But what they do is they put their money in and then their name is a, their name and face is associated with that team. And that's what's out there. That's what the teams will put out there and say, this guy is a part of our team. That's, that's the worth. Uh, the money is fine, but there's billionaires for that. But you give them that face. And Tom Brady is going to be one of those faces, no doubt about it. Well, I think for them, too, there's looking at where there's room for growth. And the WNBA has shown a ton of growth lately, a potential financial you know, ability there to grow a lot of money. The Raiders ending up in Las Vegas and all the potential out in that city also. I mean, Tom Brady beat LeBron to Vegas. Bron's been talking about getting an NBA team, and Tom Brady's like, yeah, no, I see. This is where there's potential to get a lot of money with my investment in this team. 
We thank you for investing in this pod. If you like it, download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating. Check us out on YouTube. We'll talk to you on Monday. Go, go. Boom. Money in the bank. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.